Yes, hello, welcome, and this is Relevant Tones. I'm your host today, Austin Williams. If you are a choral music fanatic, you probably recognize that last one. That was Morton Lordson's O Magnum Mysterium, performed by the William Ferris Chorale. I had the lovely opportunity to uh, get in touch with uh, Chris Wendell of the William Ferris Chorale, the artistic director, and chat with him about uh, various topics uh, regarding choral music. I am particularly excited about this um, episode, mostly on the basis that we don't feature a ton of choral music on this. Um, I'm also excited about this episode because this is going to be part one of a two-part series uh, featuring the William Ferris Chorale. Um, I won't go into too much detail because we talk about it in the interview, but if you're not familiar, the William Ferris Chorale is a Chicago-based um chorus that um, really is starting to trend towards and explore more of like what it means uh, to be a choir and what it means to be a, a vocal chamber group or you know the, the the where is the line and what what does that mean uh, Chris Wendell is doing an excellent job programming commissioning and doing a bunch of other stuff uh, for the new music community and promoting uh, composers to be writing new music for the choir I have also had the lovely opportunity myself to record this choir firsthand and let me tell you um, though the recordings are lovely um, they often will not do the justice of seeing this group live. Um, and they do make the job easier recording because they always just sound lovely. But um, let me tell you, they can really fill a room. So uh, at the risk of starting to ramble on, let's move on to the interview where um, I talk with Chris about um, choral music and a little bit about the upcoming concert, um, which we'll get more to in the interview. Awesome. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Um, I'm, uh, joined by Chris Wendell, uh, who is a phenomenal, uh, director, curator, and championing, um, a lot of new contemporary choral music, um, which is something we actually don't feature on the show a lot. So Hmm. um, when I saw that uh, your program with the Ferris Chorale this um, spring was very emphasized. I mean, you always do new music, but like it was very emphasized on like commissions and stuff like that. I was like, we need to absolutely get you guys on here and talk about that. So um, I think a great place for us to start the conversation um, is... I know the Ferris Corral has been around, or William Ferris Corral is the full name. I know William Ferris Corral has been around for uh, a long time, um, and you're a somewhat new director. Um, can you talk about your experience of joining the ensemble and what maybe your vision was for it when you when you came on? Yeah, I'm happy to. First, first of all, just thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and talk about new choral music. It's, yeah, it's something yeah. that doesn't get talked about quite as much as yeah. Uh, you know, the, the CSO is. <clears throat> And Lyric are great advocates for instrumental and even vocal music uh, commissions and that sort of thing. But choral music, for some reason, just doesn't get quite the same, I don't know. Yeah, I understand. And it's you funny because I mean? like, I, I, did, I was in choir in high school and part of undergrad. And 
um, I was thankful enough to have directors that um, did a lot of newer um, music and, yeah. and and stuff like that. But um, and but then you always have your like war horses of like in the repertoire and your like you know catalog. Yeah, there's almost an apologetics around choral music sometimes. <laughs> you know, like it's sort of uh, it's done in high schools, it's done in colleges. Yeah. But in terms of the professionalizing of the field, that's yeah. actually a pretty new phenomenon. Right. Right. Um, you know, you see uh, Robert Shaw doing it in the early century, but Correct. he was championing champion championing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things like uh, Brahms Requiem and, and that sort of right, stuff. Right, right. Um, and so much of the mid-century, I mean, it's not especially vocal, right? Right. Like Philip Glass is a pain in the butt to sing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's it's been interesting. I, I think there's sort of... Um, an influx of new contemporary choral music in the last 20 or so years. Oh, for sure. Uh, you see new groups uh, have sprung up, um, like The Crossing in Philadelphia, Consperare in mm-hmm. Austin, mm-hmm. Volti in San Francisco, um, just to name a couple. Yeah. They've really been championing new music and commissioning yeah. and, and performing uh, music. Roomful of Teeth, yeah, which of is... Course on the verge of not being a choir anymore, I think. Right. You know, it sort of tests the limits of what a choir, in quotes, is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a chamber group, right? Because it's, it's a lot of their pieces, or what I've noticed with, with them specifically, it's like one person to a part. Yeah. Which I guess, by definition, is chamber music, you know? so Right. Is choral yeah. music vocal? Is it inherently many voices trying to create one sound? Yeah. I, I think Roomful of Teeth really does a lovely job celebrating sort of the uniqueness of each of their singers' okay. voices. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like a string quartet yeah, maybe yeah um differently than say a string section in an orchestra yeah for sure um so so yeah so the william first corral has been around for 50 years this yeah. is the 50th season yeah yeah and so it's watching or looking back on its history and thinking about where has choral music been in 50 years right right is just is kind of interesting yeah because history sort of stacks on itself pretty quick of course. Yeah, yeah um and so you see Early in its um, existence, uh, premiering works, giving Chicago premieres of works by Benjamin Britten and mm. William Walton. Peter Pierce oh, was yeah. at a concert, <laughs> at least one. I don't, I don't actually know. You know, he was over and um, and saw the the chorale, and we gave uh, the chorale gave the Chicago premiere of something by of a of a mass by Vierne. Okay, um, sure. So you look at all this like early 20th century, mid 20th century stuff that, you know, feels, well, almost a hundred years ago. Now, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, William Ferris Corral, is it, has it always been a focus of kind of commissioning, not commissioning, but like doing, um, newly presented works or has that been a recent adjustment in the repertoire? Um, I think that at the core of the organization, that's always been the, the new music thing has always been yeah. part of its beating heart. You know, sure. um, the founder Bill was, uh, a composer in his own right okay. and, um, had lots of relationships with composers and was really championing, um, New music. In fact, if I can find it on my yeah, phone here, I, sure, I sure. in preparation for this conversation, <laughs> uh, dug up something that my predecessor, Paul French, sent to me. Sure. Um, and it's a list of premieres the William Ferris Corral has given. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, over the 50 years. And this is just stuff that, you know, has been recorded. Yeah. You, you know how it goes. You yeah, know, yeah. Things yeah. get lost. Yeah. So, like, 
Chicago premieres of music by Dominic Argento, Leonard Bernstein, Benjamin Britten, American premieres by Benjamin Britten, uh, John Crigliano, uh, David Diamond, uh, Bill, a lot of his own music. Yeah, uh, yeah. Percy Granger. Sure. Lee Hoiby, uh, Howard Hansen. Mm. You know, you know, William Mathias, uh, you know, it has, it has Ned Roram, William yeah. Walton, yeah, yeah, you know, just William Schumann, heavy hitters from from the mid century. Wow, yeah, yeah.
tacking on to your earlier question about sort of how the organization has evolved. Yeah. One of the things, because this is only my second season. Yeah. And one of the things that I've started to try to do is um, talk about or perform music for uh, ensembles of different sizes. Okay. Right. So, you know, we were talking earlier about Roomful of Teeth. Is yeah. Roomful of Teeth a choir? Um, you know, yeah. or is it a vocal chamber ensemble? Or is there, is there, is that a distinction without a difference? Sure. Um, yeah. And so if we're talking about new 21st century choral music, uh, we're doing three different concerts this year for three different size ensembles. Mm-hmm. And having a roster where we can vary the size of ensemble so that we are able to explore the multifaceted colors that are inherent in 21st century choral music sure. uh, is, is a direction that I want to go to, you know, for, you know, a lot, for a long while. Um, it's been pretty much exclusively 24 voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, I would say, uh, an accepted standard mm-hmm. of, of sort of a professional choral size. When you have professional voices in there too, it's not like you're having, it's a large group of like, you know, for lack of better words, like amateur, like college level students. Yeah. So, so these are big voices you're working with too. Yeah. And yeah. flexible voices and people that, that are very, very expressive and, you know, not unlike a string section, what 24 voices does is it allows for there to, if with the VC generally be like three voices on a part, yeah. which is always easier to sort of create some sort of unified sound mm-hmm. than with two voices potentially. Uh, we are sort of trying to, I don't know, explore all the facets of 21st century vocal yeah. music. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure if we go back and listen to the recording that that is not the question you asked me. No, it's fine. <laughs> I No, it's all good. Um, what I think is a funny conversation that I always, you know, we talk about like 20th, 21st century um, choral music. Um, what I think is always funny is when I talk to performers who do or are really interested in that stuff, they're also really interested in like early music too. And yeah. there's always like that interesting like, mm-hmm. and, and and there is a, there's a, a kind of a, for lack of better words, and no pun intended, a renaissance of like old music techniques being brought into uh, the new music world. You have a lot of like straight tone or you have a lot of like the renaissance or like early counterpoint being implemented in like the writing as well. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting that you see that from both the performers and the composers um, get like drawn in from like both worlds on that. Yeah. 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 Um, do you, are you intentionally throwing me a softball here? Because this is no. what my dissertation is on. Oh no, I had no idea. That's great. All right. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, let's go for it. So yeah, yeah my yeah. dissertation is, uh, uh, um, the, the, is, it's very, well, obviously it's a dissertation, so it's very narrow and specific, Yeah, but, yeah. uh, it's broadly exploring that idea through the contemporary composer, Gabriel Jackson. Okay. And looking at his music and saying, okay, I, my thesis was, I think this is largely sort of uh, orbiting around Tudor music, mm. particularly pre-English Reformation Tudor counterpoint. Interesting. And so um, I spend like 300 pages talking about <laughs> how that's true. <laughs> or at least I think it is. No, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I don't think it's like this has been um, talked about and known about for a while um, for like, um, or as long as I've been like, you know, studying composition, like mm-hmm. people have like talked to me about that. And as I talk to like performers also. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I it's, it's, we live in a cyclical world, right? Yeah. You know, everything wraps back around to itself. I actually think it might, this is, this is just 
from the hip, but I, I think it might be sort of traceable to minimalism yeah. because I think what I hear more often than not in music that I think is tied back to the Renaissance is, or earlier styles generally, is an, is, is a, an appreciation for counterpoint. Yeah. And yeah. The, the beauty of the individual lines versus... And this is okay. Broad, broad, broad strokes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure somebody will send you an angry message, but uh, <laughs> I, the the idea that you know, if you want to be really broad about this, yeah. romantic music I hear as very um, vertical, sure, very harmonic, you know, and that has its own progression of sorts. Yeah, but modern music I hear more often than not as being very horizontal. Yeah. And yep. having, and, and so going back to the Vesper Sparrow, yeah, that's how, you know, it's it, almost um, uh, medieval in its yeah. use of Hockett, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the asymmetric rhythms and whatever, yep. but, yep. but how everything links up together is, is very sort of early, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah. very broad quality. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've, I haven't talked to the composers that like go towards a style obviously, but it's, it's interesting to me or I, the question I would have is like, are you actively trying to do that? Or is it just like aesthetically we've just found ourselves back into this, like, you know, Oof. what, you know, and, and, and I don't think we have an answer for that well, right I, now. But. I mean, I can talk about myself. Yeah. I think it depends sure. on the concert. You yeah. Know, this year, my goal, um, I like to program seasons yeah. if I can that have sort of overarching structures to yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that if somebody comes to all of the concerts in the season, mm-hmm. they get sort of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this season was all about, in my mind, expanding the idea of what a choral sound is. Okay. So eight voices, 24 voices, 16 voices. Mm-hmm. And in May, which you were alluding to, yeah. we're... Uh, anchored by actually a piece from the Tudor period. Oh, okay. Um, John Shepard's uh, In Media Vita, which is this epic, epic, uh, like 20 minute long piece for, you know, it's for for voices, obviously. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And uh, the the baseline translation is in the midst of life, we are in death. Okay. And so this, that piece actually got a little bit of popularity, I guess, uh, because the New York Times wrote uh, an article about it at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, oh, like wow. May 2020, I think. Oh, okay. And uh, really interesting discussion about how this idea of in the midst of life we are in death and how this sort of uh, musical ethos is, is I don't know, speaks to the present moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I love the piece. I've, all, I've written my dissertation on this idea. So I commissioned uh, a Philadelphia composer, Kyle Smith, to write a response. Yeah. And I commissioned him specifically because I knew that he has a deep appreciation for this. He he wrote a piece about 10 years ago called Vespers, mm-hmm. which is for uh, choir and Renaissance wind band. Okay. And so it's an hour-long concert-length work that's for Renaissance instruments, mm-hmm. uh, and it sounds remarkably modern and somehow also remarkably old. And cool. it's a fascinating piece. And I knew that he would sort of understand this idea of trying to tie these things yeah. together. So he wrote us a 15-minute work Okay, that's going to echo. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, It's actually oh, it's four voices. Like, it's four parts. Okay. So the, uh, the shepherd splits into seven or eight, okay. I think. Yeah. And this one's four. And, uh, and then we're just, uh, everything else around it 
is stuff that is based on directly or indirectly Renaissance music. Okay. Uh, so we're doing the uh, North American premiere of a piece called Stella by Francesco Cole, mm-hmm. and that is based on the Victoria Ave Maria Stella okay. motet. And Cecilia McDowell's Alma Redem Torres Mater, which is based on a motet, Alma Redem Torres Mater. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a piece by Sven David Sandstrom, Hear My Prayer, which starts with a direct quote of the talus, Hear yeah. My Prayer, yeah. and then just sort of like devolves <laughs> for another four minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then a piece by a Philadelphia composer, Joan Metcalf, uh, which is not based on a Renaissance model directly, okay. but I, I, to me, to my ear, is very, very contrapuntal. Seems kind of influenced in yeah. a way. So in this instance, it's very directly related, or you're, yeah. you're very intentionally kind of hearkening back to a, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, an older music and newer music.
I, I do think that choral music, particularly because of the words and the text that's available to us, are, yeah. are particularly suited to the idea of at least bringing awareness to ideas, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah, there are a couple of things that I'm already thinking of for next season that are, that are sort of, you know, about the world in which we live. And I don't want to give them, give them away yet, yeah, but, for sure. but, yeah. Uh, yeah. but really speaking to our, our, our time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, going back to, shoot, what was it we were talking about? Um, oh, your comment about, you know, the, the accessibility of, um, words, obviously text mm. is like a very, you know, I think, um, in general, like, um, vocal concerts always have a higher percentage of bringing in like your average like person from the street over like an orchestra. Um, really? I just, because I think that singing is such a personal, um, experience and everyone can read or I mean, for the most part, but like the, the text, like, you I know, I agree with you. Yeah. But I, I do think that there's, um, I've experienced this sort of I said earlier, apologetics yeah. around choral music. Like, yeah. I did this in high school. You'll probably think it's boring. Oh, and it doesn't okay. have the same um, cachet as going to the CSO or to Lyric, right? Oh, yeah. You know, for and sure. so I, I, now that's all to say that I think choral, I agree with you. <laughs> I think choral music is, it does have that in yeah. spades in a way that, that um, orchestras may not. Right, because you could grow up in a small town, you know, in a in a rural area, but and you were part of the church choir, mm-hmm. and then if you and then you know you have that experience and you can relate to it, you know. But that, that has a very specific aesthetic connotation. Sure, that might for somebody who is uh, unaware that something like the William Fierce Chorale, for instance, yeah. exists, yeah. might not immediately translate to like yeah. this thing that I did in church as a seven year old. Yeah. Is, is also this Ooh, over they're, here. They're two different worlds. You know, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. 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 That is, yeah, that is interesting. It is it, like they, um, same, but different. There's, there's a Venn diagram going on there, obviously, but like, yeah. you know, I've, I've always, I have always figured that would be the, the case given that like, more people can maybe like relate to just like, cause I, I, I firmly believe everybody sings whether they do it in public or not. I agree that, with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're in the shower, you're in the car. I think everybody sings, everybody mm-hmm. hums to themselves, you know, whatever. Um, you may never do it in front of another person, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, it's even that small experience where, um, you go and see something that's remotely, you know, you go see a vocalist, whether it's opera, choir, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a concert of art songs, you know, um, I, I think that there is like the the um, otherwise um, average person. You don't have to be versed in like you know new music or like new techniques. Can go into a concert of new choral music and be like, I might not you know um, even enjoy the aesthetic of everything that I just heard, mm-hmm. but like I can relate to this. You know what is going on on stage to to an I, extent. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, and yeah. I think the the trick then is getting people in the door. <laughs> and so I th- I do think that once people are in the door, you've got converts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. But I but I think like the the great challenge. But I think this is true for every every arts organization right now yeah. is getting people back out. Yeah. But you know, here's a, here's a pitch. If you haven't been to a choir concert in a while, come to a choir concert. <laughs> because, Cause I do think that there's, you know, a lot of really great storytelling happening. Yeah. Um, and, 
and that, that it's it's very you're right it is accessible in a way I yeah think, because yeah. everyone's had the experience of well, doing and, I, it. and I want to applaud you too because like you are programming new music but it's not like modernist weird stuff for lack of better words <laughs> it's, it's it's new it's like stuff that's been written in the last like 10 years I think that's like the the earliest piece that I've seen you program and like it's it's all relatable like the text especially like I think about the the poetry and the Wally Gunn piece I mean Mm -hmm. like it's heartbreaking but like it's so relatable and it's so meditative and introspective um and I mean not to not to bring it back to uh you know the pandemic but like I mean talk about a reflection on death and like and all in that and like that's it's important to probably reconcile some of those things. Otherwise, we just kind of like live in this weird, murky place. Are we dead
You see classical, in large air quotes, <laughs> styles sort of starting to intersect with uh, vocal techniques and styles and musical ideas outside of them, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in Wally's piece, there's broadly sort of more popular influences, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly with the drum set, but mm-hmm. you know, in some of the the rhythmic uh, things that he plays with, yeah, yeah. Um, and in the Shaw. Uh, there's, um, she plays with different vocal styles from around the world and incorporating them into sort of Western in large quotes music. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think that you do start to see that more and more and more. And I do think it tends to be very successful in vocal music to see those sorts of things start to merge. And that I would say that that's the one thing that I really hope for in the next 20 years is that we stop seeing quite so many um, dividers between different musical styles and, uh, you know, modern classical popular. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all, I mean, it's just, you can probably narrow it down to thanks to the internet. Everything has just kind of become this giant melting pot of like cultural influence, you know, and people are drawing from like, you, you you don't expect where it's going to come from, but it's like, oh yeah, if someone heard this like, you know, pop tune on you know TikTok or whatever, and now it's being like you know featured in a, a way that it wasn't before. You <laughs> Which know? in its way is very old. Yeah, 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 exactly. Shaw scans taking modern day pop tunes and putting them in his liturgical music. You know, uh, Lomar May being the the yeah. particularly. Yeah. Uh, 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 the, the example is in everyone's music history textbook, right? Yeah, 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 um, exactly. No, it's it's not like a new practice. Um, what is so fascinating is we just really have access to every corner of the earth now because yeah. because of you know what we're where we're at. But to that extent, and to like what I mentioned earlier, the voice is such a ubiquitous experience. Like I said, like I think everybody sings, whether they do it in front of other people is a different mm-hmm. question. But like you know, everybody can relate to this 
experience of like singing. And now we have different cultures, um, you know, have their own like styles and aesthetics and everybody is kind of just sharing it with each other now. And it's, it's, it's very, it's very fascinating. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It, yes. It's, it's tricky sometimes because we've got, I think very necessary and appropriate conversations happening around sort of what constitutes appropriation right. of different, of different cultures too. Of course. And how to use, uh, techniques and styles and music and tunes and things respectfully, appropriately, mm -hmm. uh, intentionally. Um, but, but yeah, I would, I would just, I think there's an opportunity for conversation that has not existed before because yeah. of the internet. And I, and I, and I, I, I I'm not even sure I hope for <laughs> the music to, to become a melting pot, but I, I, I hope that the audiences and the listeners become like, yeah. become open to all of it. Yeah. Because, I think that's, yeah, that makes the most sense to me because it's once it's a, um, collective audience experience, then I think it's kind of the green light for artists to be like, mm -hmm. okay, well, if the audience has experienced all of this, then, you know, we mm -hmm. can, we can now you play with it in all of it. Right. You know, that's kind of a, kind of an interesting conversation, but yeah, it's, it really is, um, I'll probably end up cutting this. It, it really is kind of an interesting, like, <laughs> um, the the stark like exoticism of like the early twentieth century to like well, you know like well the the colonialism yeah right? exactly like yeah. we've we've come a long way from Dvorak right? <laughs> yeah yeah um, yep <laughs> but but it is it is I think it's tricky and it's it's important to like. I think for us as artists to be open to it yeah. and to open to the conversation and frankly open to being told that what we did is not great. Not great. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep, because yep. You know, I, I, you know, I intend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, and it's all about as, and, and to your um, point of storytelling, I think that's, it's telling stories, sharing stories, you know, using those stories to help you grow as an individual, I think yeah. is like a huge part of it too. Um, yeah. And stories from different parts of the world are going to be different just based on, you know, culture and all that stuff. Um, right on. All right. Well, um, all right. So William Ferris Carell has a concert. Yes. Um, remind me the dates on this concert. Uh, yeah, we, we have uh, a set of concerts on May 5th and May 7th. Okay. Uh, the program's called Here, Here. Uh, so the, it's trying to be evocative of both uh, listening uh, to oral ideas and, and thinking about place. Yeah. So, you know, tying it back to, um, you know, it's a temporal place, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, when was something written? So we've got Shepard and we've got modern stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, those concerts are at Our Lady of Mount Carmel and uh, Wicker Park Lutheran Church, both in Chicago. Excellent. Yes. Good. Yes. And I can almost guarantee this is a concert you're not going to want to miss with uh, a wonderful premiere and commission going on with a bunch of other lovely music on the program as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time with me and um, Chris Wendell of the William Ferris Corral. Um, I had a blast chatting with um, him and the uh, about the ensemble and choral music and just varying philosophies on music in general. Um, please do go to the concert on uh, May 5th and 7th um, in Wicker Park. It, if you are a Chicago local, 
um, it is going to be excellent. And I, you might even catch me there if you go on the Sunday concert. I will be running the recording. So if you see a guy running around with uh, that looks like a recording technician, that will be me. Um, and actually, yeah, if you're there and if you're a fan of the show and you hear about it this way, um, feel free to introduce yourself. Uh, we love fan engagement and would love to just uh, you know catch it that way as well. Um, please join us again for part two. Um, that will be coming out, um, uh, middle of May, I believe. And that will include an interview with Chris again and, um, the composer of the commissioned piece on the program as well. So get some inside details about the, uh, work that was commissioned and, uh, maybe some interesting afterthoughts on what the, um, piece was all about. So. As always, this podcast, Relevant Tones, is brought to you by Access Contemporary Music. Uh, Find out more at acmusic.org, and we will catch you next time. Thanks.